AgriTalk is brought to you by Full Scale from Helena. Grow Strong returns this season with breakthrough foliar nutrition from Full Scale at Reproduction. And by Propane. Propane is the energy for everyone, especially farmers. Environmentally friendly propane can fuel most anything on the farm. See how at propane.com. Temperatures are clearly warming up. How long will the trend stick around and what's in store for the rest of this winter's weather? And what about South America's summer weather? We'll get a look at the weather outlook and take a look at what Don and Jim are looking forward to in 2023 in this week's Farmer Forum. Live from the foothills of Hump Day via Farm Journal broadcast, this is AgriTalk. This morning, we begin with a conversation with Brett Waltz and Matt Griffin from BAMWX. Then it's our Farmer Forum with panelists Jim Jibbin, uh, Jim Jibbin and Don Lamb. Right after the news, Margie Echelkamp from The Scoop. I'm Handsome Newsman Davis Michelson, and now the host of AgriTalk, Chip Flory. All right, Davis. Hey, buddy. The foothills of hump day, huh? How big, Jim Jibbin. I mean, yes. how, how big of a hump can it be, really? I mean, it's a four-day week. It's a holiday shortened week, uh, yeah. but but still a hump. You know, there's okay, still a hump. Yeah, all right, mm-hmm. all right. Mm-hmm. Does it appear challenging to you, or is well, it manageable? I think technically we'll actually summit the hump somewhere around midnight tonight. You know, yeah. since there's only four yeah. days this week, so we'll right. we'll sleep we'll sleep through it. You know how it is when you're on a trip and you fall asleep in the car. And you wake up and it's like three hours later. Yeah. And you're like, oh gosh, are yeah. we are we already in Australia? You know? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. 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 No, I think one of my fondest memories of a trip like that. Your brother was driving the vehicle. <laughs> He's a champ. He's a He's champ. He's a champ. Oh no yeah. No doubt. He, Shout he out doesn't to Tyler. Sleep. He doesn't sleep. <laughs> Good stuff. Good stuff. How's things going, man? It's warm really out great. there. I stepped out this morning, early morning, and it was already like 20 degrees. We're, we're, we are at 32 degrees Fahrenheit right now. Are you? 32? Yes. Here at the Southern Outpost, I'm going to outdo you. We're at okay. 45. 45 wow. right now, headed for a high of 52, baby. Spring-like. Spring the Midwestern tropics. Yeah, yes. luxurious. <laughs> uh, <laughs> all right, we've got a lot of ground to cover. Let's go ahead and get into the news. Well, Chip, the Supreme Court has ordered Title 42 border restrictions to remain in place. In a 5-4 to four vote, the high court reversed an order from a federal judge in Washington, D.C., who ruled last month that the border policy must end. The court's ruling comes in response to an emergency request filed by 19 Republican state attorneys general asking to maintain the policy, which was scheduled to expire this week. Yeah, they were looking at it as uh, a potential to expire yesterday, and, and the court stepped in. This is, uh, you know, you wonder just how big of a deal it is and, and just how much impact it will have. And then when you look at some of the coverage from south of the border and just how many people are waiting for the end of Title 42, and they say it openly. Mm-hmm. They say it openly. Uh, it, it does make me concerned for those along the border in the U.S. Well, and also from the how big a deal is this file, Russian President Vladimir Putin has banned the supply of Russian oil and oil products to countries that impose a price cap, allowing deliveries to those nations only based on special permission from the Kremlin. 
The European Union and the U.K. earlier this month, of course, banned the import of seaborne Russian crude, while G7 nations put a ceiling on other sales by barring Western companies from insuring, financing, or shipping Russian crude at or above $60 per barrel. And there are some other issues going on with the insurance side of mm-hmm. the business of, of moving grain out of the Black Sea. We're we're going to find out what's going on there and get some coverage of that for you tomorrow morning. Could have a big impact on the supply out of the Black Sea. Well, Chip, China's government has criticized plans by Taiwan to lengthen compulsory military service on the island, calling conscripts, quote, cannon fodder. On <laughs> Tuesday, Taiwan's president announced that from 2024, all men would be expected to serve for one year, up from four yep. months currently in response to the rising threat from China. Yeah, as I understand it, it would increase their forces by 40%. Mm. So that's uh, my, that's a significant ramp up in in uh, uh, Taiwan's forces. Indeed. Well, on the energy front, Dutch front-month gas futures continue to decline heading into, into the end of the year, hitting the lowest level since February 21 before the war in Ukraine started. That's amid mild weather and ample supplies. Natural gas prices in Europe are more than 75% below the record levels hit in August. Meanwhile, natural gas output in the Appalachia region, Chip, that's the top gas-producing basin in the U.S., dropped by a record amount as winter storm Elliott swept through Pennsylvania and Ohio, freezing wells and some equipment and creating mechanical issues at pipeline infrastructure. Along those same lines, at least 31 people have died in New York's Erie County, and the number continues to rise as authorities check on homes and cars for anyone who was stranded in the snow. Military police are helping enforce a driving ban in Buffalo, New York, as more than 7,000 utility workers navigate through broken trees and poles around the clock to restore power. A new USDA report shows retail food prices increased 8.9% in the first seven months of this year. That's higher than the rate over the same period last year and 2020. All 13 food categories saw price increases. Three food category prices increased by more than 10%. Eggs up 21%. Fats and oils up 13%. And poultry up 12% during the report period. And finally, shoppers frequently use their credit cards this holiday season, and now they plan to take longer than ever to pay it back, according to a Lending Tree survey. The average debt hit $1,549. That's 24% this year above 2021, the highest spike in debt level in the eight years that the online lender has been tracking the data. Already record levels of credit card debt, and now spikes at the holiday season. Chip. Yep. Yep. All right, Davis. Hey, thank you so much. You bet. Uh, Margie Ackelkamp, editor of The Scoop, joins us now. Good morning, Margie. Good morning, Chip. The last time I am with you all this year. Yes, that that would be accurate. I hope we get you back in 2023. I don't plan on going anywhere. Good, 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 because we're going to we're going to find out if you are correct on your predictions for 2023 and hold you to them. What do you yeah, got? Yeah, well, I thought, exactly. I thought I would come on today and look ahead a little bit. So I've got three, maybe four predictions for the year ahead when it comes to crop inputs and the ag retail space. And the first one I'll hop right into. I think it's going to be a big year for adjuvant use. You know, a thousand pesticide labels require the use of an adjuvant. But I think with the, the heightened attention toward the supply chain, and what overall crop protection supplies are, as well as just this 
increased focus on environmental stewardship and the realization that proper placement of these adjuvants really ups the ROI of every application. So when it comes to maximizing the efficacy of what you're putting out there. So I think it's going to be a big year for adjuvants. Second, I think we are going to continue to see a lot of momentum around the use of biological products. Here I'm talking about biostimulants, biopesticides, and biofertilizers. And adjacent to that, maybe a subset prediction to be, if you will, would be, okay. I think a lot of them are going to go into the seed planter box. I think we see a yeah. lot more products being added with that planter application as applied with the seed. Third, I think it's going to be a big year with autonomy. The robots are coming, Chip. I've said it before, and I will say it again. We saw a big round of introductions this last year with OmniPower from Raven, the autonomous Trident applicator from CNH, as well as John Deere's autonomous tillage system and others. So what I think is the important takeaway is those that are doing the testing, those are the beta users now. They're the ones writing the future of autonomy. My last yep. prediction, maybe a little controversial. Hey, let's save it. Oh, let, I love let's it. Let's save it. Let's save it for next week. Thank you, Margie. Happy New Year. Happy New Year. From powering irrigation engines to warming buildings, propane has always been a part of American farm life. Now you can be a part of propane's future and save money at the same time. The Propane Farm Incentive Program is a research initiative that provides farmers up to $5,000 towards the purchase of new propane-powered equipment. In exchange, participants share performance data to make tomorrow's ag operations more cost-effective, more efficient, and more environmentally friendly with propane. Getting started is simple. Visit propane.com slash farm incentive to see if you're eligible. To produce higher yields and greater value at harvest, timing is everything. Full Scale from Helena helps soybeans reach their full potential with breakthrough foliar nutrition and reproduction. Full Scale delivers beneficial plant extracts and micronutrients with the added efficiency of ENC formulation technology. It gives your soybeans every opportunity to grow strong returns this season. Contact your local ag retailer or Helena representative to learn more about Full Scale. Always read and follow label instructions and check registration status before use. We don't make the news, we render it. Agritalk. Whoo, boy, I just made it back. Temperatures are warm enough. I went out and threw a little bit of salt down during the break, trying to melt Atta the boy. ice off the uh, off the cement pad out in front of the garage. So hopefully, hopefully it'll melt get eventually. Just I, leave it. Yeah, you've seen it out, how it gets out here. Like, yeah, it'll melt by May. Maybe. Yeah. Maybe. What's your hurry? Yeah. Come on, yeah. little patient. On. No, people just aren't patient like they used to be anymore. Not when it comes. No, not when it comes to the weather. I'm not sorry. It used to take like eight minutes to dial a phone number right. with those rotary phones. You know. Yeah. Now yeah. you just hit like here's Chip's face. Hey Let Siri, me pu- I'll put my hey thumb Siri, on that. Call Davis. Beep, boop, 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 boop. Oh gosh, he's gonna she's gonna call you. She's calling you right now. <laughs> I, Wait, that was hold a on, Chip. I'm getting a I'm getting a call. I have to go. I I understand. Bye. Hello. All right. <laughs> nobody there <laughs> let's bring in brett waltz and matt griffin <laughs> meteorologists there at bamwx.com guys welcome to agritalk glad that you are here this morning yeah thanks for having us chip we're happy to be here excellent love it love it all right guys i want to start with a general question and whichever one of you wants to jump in on this it is fine with me give me the status of la nina i keep hearing that 
that that La Nina is fading. It's going to be gone by the time we get to the northern hemisphere spring. Does that make sense? You know, I, I do think that it is starting to weaken. We're starting to see the initial signs of that happening. It's also kind of shifting around a little bit. Um, but I, I think the impacts of it could continue into spring. I do think we're heading towards more of a neutral state, though, especially the further we go into spring and into this next summer. Uh, it is rising. I, I think as far as the stronger Nina state, we are starting to see uh, the beginning of the end here. Okay. So if we do get into an Enso neutral state, what might that mean for the weather patterns as we get into the spring? Yeah, for sure. So uh, as far as into the spring, I think what we could end up having is probably more variability to start, probably, you know, starting out a little bit warmer and back colder. But I think that the more intriguing weather would happen late in spring with an Enzo neutral, normally that leads to uh, bigger warmups the closer we get to summer and, and drier patterns. We, we've seen that the last couple of years and especially in, I would have been two years ago. Um, and I think that something similar could be on the way. Now there, okay. uh, there is some model data that would suggest that we could get close to El Nino territory. I'm a little bit skeptical of that right now, but there's a major difference in an Enzo neutral state versus an El Nino in terms of the impacts on the ag regions as we work late spring and into summer. El Nino years are historically much wetter. Those neutral ones after yeah. La Nina tend to run quite a bit drier. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Okay. Matt, um, yes, sir. tell me the, the fading of La Nina. What does that mean for the weather patterns that are currently in place down in South America? Yeah, well, that's, that's a great question. So it, it would definitely mean some better rain opportunities for Argentina, which has just yeah. been brutal, the weather there. And we've seen the last couple of years, especially for areas closer towards Mato Grosso, some of those major soybean areas into Brazil, where the rains will just all of a sudden cut off. We get into late February into March and the monsoon shuts off. And that's about it for the rains. If we can get into that neutral state and even El Nino a little bit quicker, it would allow for the rains to linger a little bit longer into the season. So some late season beneficial rains would be more in the cards if we can get that to increase a little bit. Okay. Um, help me out here. When, when you talk about some late season beneficial rains, does that have the potential of causing some issues with harvest in the northern areas? And, and what about the planting of the Safrina corn crop? Yeah. So I think – you know, based off kind of the projections here, we're probably not going to get to neutral into El Nino later in the season. So okay. in regards to planting, probably not going to be problematic as far as rains. Um, but late season for harvest, yeah, it could potentially um, cause some delays into okay. Brazil as long as we can continue to see that get more towards an El Nino especially. Yeah, yeah. But, boy, they're expecting such a huge crop out of Brazil right now. I mean, if you run into some harvest delays, I don't know if it's if it's going to – just my opinion from a marketing perspective, perspective, it, it doesn't feel like it's going to happen soon enough or be severe enough to have a major impact on the markets going forward. you gotta got to cut a lot from a 5.5 billion bushel bean crop to have much of an impact on the markets right now. So – um, that's right. Okay. Okay. Let's, uh, I, I want to 
back up and come back up to North America on this. So this warming trend that we've got, Brett, uh, how long is it going to stick around? Yeah, so it's going to be really warm, I would say, compared to normal for at least the first 10 days of January. So pretty much from here um, and through, again, the first third of January, I think it's going to be a very warm pattern. Um, I, I think that as far as cold, as far as more notable cold, I don't see any signs of that, at least through the middle part of the month. I think the middle part of January, you could start to see maybe a moderation of the warmth. Maybe it could be more seasonable. But as far as true cold, like what we had last week, yeah. I don't see that returning, at least for the foreseeable future. Maybe late January, early February, um, but that's getting a ways out. Hey, Brett, it doesn't have to return. We can, we can live <laughs> without it, you know. <laughs> yeah, you were you were talking about the cold and wanting the snow to melt up there. It, you're probably going to have several days above freezing as we yeah. start out the new year. So you might get your wish there. Yeah, yeah. The, I mean, that's what it looks like. And and uh, hey, I'm all for it. Uh, no no doubt about that. Um, these warmer temperatures. I yeah. usually associate warmer temperatures during the winter with an active weather pattern. In other words, yeah, it's warm, but we're still going to get some snow. We're still going to get some precip. Yeah, it, it, it is going to be very active. I would say, especially the next seven to 10 days, uh, we're going to be talking about heavy rain threats, maybe even strong to severe storms across parts of the Ohio Valley, the Mississippi <sighs> Valley, as we work late this week and into early next week, really two big storm systems. Um, and with that, as you mentioned, you can still get some snow further off to the north. It's not going to be a pattern that produces snow for the you know Great Lakes, Ohio Valley, that area there. But uh, if you're across the northern plains and probably close to your neck of the woods, I do think that there are going to be some snow chances. Um, and in fact, with these systems, you can get some big hitters. It's not off the table. There's one that, you know, it's six, seven days out, but there's one that we need to watch early next week for those areas that I think could be a stronger storm, uh, maybe a, a bigger winter storm. So okay. some way to go on that, but the pattern is set up there for better snow chances. And hey, that's different than last year because those areas, especially across Nebraska, really struggled to get snow last winter. Yeah. Yeah. I was just going to ask you to go there and, and take us into the central and southern plains, the really dry areas. I mean, they've had some precip, but it's still really dry is there any sign of a chance for precip in those areas yeah i i do think that there will probably be a couple of chances uh, i would say especially across uh, central and eastern nebraska parts of okay. the eastern dakotas and into minnesota maybe northwest iowa too over the next seven days i i do think that there are going to be some chances now keep in mind in the winter time uh, above normal precipitation may only be an inch of liquid but if you get a snowpack to put down, it will certainly help those areas a sure. little bit. Further south, at least for the time being, Kansas, Oklahoma, central western Texas, those areas are kind of skipped over, at least for the time being. I, I will say, though, those areas down south, I would watch more into the mid-January time frame. I think the storm track shifts a little bit further south. I, okay. I think that there could be some chances down there uh, further down the road. Gotcha. Gotcha. Okay. Uh, Matt, looking further out, we talked about the transition away from La Nina. If we get stuck in an Enso neutral situation or, or scenario, uh, what does that mean? 
Well, it's certainly going to mean some better rain risk into Argentina, first and foremost, um, which, you know, obviously it's been well documented that they're really struggling there. And it means that, like I mentioned before, we can get some better rains that can linger a little bit longer into the season. But even at that, even if we get to end zone neutral by the time we say February or March, still going to have a little bit of a lag as far as the impacts are concerned. So I fully anticipate La Nina to be the predominant driver here as we head throughout January and at least through the first part of February. Um, it would be kind of the late February into March where that would become more of an impact here. And uh, again, that would favor at least some better rains in the cards as we get into um, late February into March for at least some of those areas into central Brazil and um, at least a better shot of rain versus what they've had into Argentina here, okay. uh, which it doesn't take much to have a better shot of rain versus what they had. They have had. Well, there's no question. This La Nina is a mature one. It's been around for a long time. And, <laughs> and to watch it fade is going to be something that uh, is going to be important in the, in the months ahead. In the, no, there's no question about that. You guys, BAMWX is so good to us coming on every Monday morning. Brett, thank you for that. But yeah. Matt, thank you. Tell uh, Kirk, tell Michael, Happy New Year for us. We, we really appreciate all you guys do. We yep. sure will. Thanks for having us on. All right. Thank you, guys. That's Brett Waltz and Matt Griffin from BAMWX. Time for Markets Now with the experts from Pro Farmer. And Brian Grady is off this week for the holiday. Chip Flory, to give perspective on markets, Chip Corn was a cold yep. start this morning, but we're up a couple of cents. Yeah, and yesterday's price performance, we cannot underestimate how important it was. We cut through uh, some overhead resistance in the form of some short-term moving averages. Uh, really impressive the way that that market was able to hold on to gains as wheat and soybeans kind of faded. And here we are trading up to the highest level now that we've been at since November 8th. So it really impressive move in the in the corn market. And that goes back to last Friday when we started to, to uh, the, uh, a pattern of low range opens and high range closes in, mm-hmm. in corn. So really impressive. I'm not all that impressed by what is with, with what is going on in the wheat market this morning. I mean, basically, all we're doing is getting back some of uh, getting back yesterday's losses. We are, we are to the upside, uh, five to ten cents higher in most contracts, but still got a lot of room to go to to fix some technical problems there. Bean oil's under pressure with the crude oil under pressure. Uh, soybeans are moving to the upside as soybean meal futures recover from yesterday's losses. And it looks like we got some pressure in most live con- uh, livestock contracts. Uh, the May hogs are a little higher, but pretty much lower on, yeah. the, on that side. Right, but, but big move. Big move yesterday. So it feels like that hog market is trying to confirm the big move to the upside that we saw. Live cattle, not much trade going on there. They're going to try to wait it out and get to the end of a holiday shortened week here for the cattle slaughter that's chip flory on markets now from powering irrigation engines to warming buildings propane has always been a part of american farm life now you can be a part of propane's future and save money at the same time 
The Propane Farm Incentive Program is a research initiative that provides farmers up to $5,000 towards the purchase of new propane-powered equipment. In exchange, participants share performance data to make tomorrow's ag operations more cost-effective, more efficient, and more environmentally friendly with propane. Getting started is simple. Visit propane.com slash farm incentive to see if you're eligible. To produce higher yields and greater value at harvest, timing is everything. Full Scale from Helena helps soybeans reach their full potential with breakthrough foliar nutrition and reproduction. Full Scale delivers beneficial plant extracts and micronutrients with the added efficiency of ENC formulation technology. It gives your soybeans every opportunity to grow strong returns this season. Contact your local ag retailer or Helena representative to learn more about Full Scale. Always read and follow label instructions and check registration status before use. Hey. Opinions expressed on AgriTalk do not necessarily reflect the views of Farm Journal Broadcasting, affiliate stations, or sponsors. The best talkers in ag, including you. Join the conversation on AgriTalk. Call us at 855-4-TALK-AG. For the ladies! Yes, you're like Pavlog's dog there when justin comes in aren't you i I had to get something in i thought you know we'll keep it short but well i didn't i didn't want you drooling down your chin and and you know uh (laughs) not being able to recover and participate in a conversation coming up here Mm -hmm. yeah no i can't have that (laughs) can't have that either no that was last week not at all hey so after the predictions from margie echo camp we had a caller during the break that's right okay and the caller asked if if you can tank mix or if you can mix a biological with an insecticide and still have an effective result. So I fired that off to Margie. Margie says some biologicals say they tank mix with insecticides, but as Margie says, it's important to read labels, ask your retailer manufacturing rep and make sure but the 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 answer seems to be yes. You can do it. Just make sure that it's the right biological with the right insecticide, and you can make things happen. Okay, let's get to the farmer forum. Don Lamb from Indiana. Good morning, Don. Hey, How good morning. are you? I'm doing great. How are you? Good, good, good. It's good to talk with you again. So uh, let's go ahead and get Jim Jibbin in here right away as well. Jim Jibbin from South Dakota. Jim, it's great to talk with you. How are you? I'm fine. Thanks, Jeff. Good, good, good. So, guys, I want to start off, and Don, we'll start with you here. I want to start off with what held your attention in 2022. This is, you know, this is something that when when you woke up in the morning, it was something that you were thinking about. When it, Before you went to bed, it was something you were checking on. What really held your attention in 2022? Well, that's a great question. There there were several things that held my attention, but if you had to name it, it was just just the unknowns. It it felt like uh, 2022 was uh, just a lot of uncertainty and and high costs. I mean, high costs were the main thing. And, you know, do we, are we going to actually have fertilizer? Um, And, uh, you know, when when you start talking about things like nitrogen fertilizer, some, some fertilizers you can put off and, some things are somewhat optional depending on the year, but nitrogen's not optional. And, and when you start to, to have thoughts like that, it does, it does make you start to worry about what's in store for the future. Yep. It's the news cycle. 
the, right? Is that what you're talking about? I mean, because it, things are happening so fast at a breakneck pace, or we just learn about things so much more quickly than what we have in the past that it right. it, it 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 does feel like it is a constant. It, it you kind of you kind of jog along for a little while and keep up with what's happening, but then every now and then you got to sprint to keep up with what is right. happening out there. That's what it feels like, doesn't it? Yeah, I think I think that's right. And I think the interesting thing about farming is it has become really big and it has become um, more industrial. I know nobody likes to use that word industrial with farming, but but it's become something that you're running a, a, a really big business and it's got so many different pieces to it. And it seems like when I was growing up, it was simpler. And maybe that's just because I had a dad that was taking care of all these things that I worry about now. But but, yeah. you know, it seemed like you just kind of did your work and, and, and you could count on things to, to basically be the same. Now it seems like you're part of a really big system and we don't understand all the different pieces of the puzzle that that system requires. Man, that's well put, Don. That is really well put. Uh, Jim, what about you? As you look back at 2022, what really held your attention? Grandkids are okay well, for an for answer, us, by the way, Jim. <laughs> but for us, obviously, it was the weather. And I think yeah. more than anything else, wind. We mm-hmm. battled wind all year. Wow. It, it just seemed like it was it was difficult. Uh, in the spring of the year, we were dry and the dust and the wind. Uh, it was difficult during our spraying season, the, the, the amount of wind that we had. Uh, we had duration, you know, in, in yeah. uh, late August 2021. We had a lot of corn on the ground, and, and we worked that ground and put beans in it and got some rains. And, and man, we had beans that you couldn't see the corn from the beans in and and we couldn't get it sprayed and and the wind continued uh obviously with the the hot uh times during pollination and and germination and all those those things but specifically during pollination and then of course this fall the terrific winds we had and the dry down and and the 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 worry we had of of uh combine fires and 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 that type of thing i don't think we've ever experienced a year with more wind and and of course, yeah. we're still having it. Uh, last yep. week with our, our 45 mile an hour winds, and even yeah. though we didn't have a lot of snow in this area, so I, I don't remember a year. Uh, you know, we always battle weather, uh, no matter where you live in, in the agricultural sector. But as far as the wind aspect of it, uh, it, it just was terrible to work with all year long. And uh, you know, uh, <clears throat> putting hay up, it was it was difficult because it'd be too dry. And, yep. uh, you know, and, and other factors as well. So I, I really believe that's, that was uh, the deterrent here. And uh, uh, much like uh, the comment earlier, I, it just seemed like when you had to go, it had to go fast and furious. And uh, it's, it, it's just not, not fun to do things that way. Right. Right. Absolutely, Jim. Don, you, did you have the? I thought I heard you kind of nodding in agreement there when Jim was talking about the wind. <laughs> I, was, I was actually just being sympathetic. I just, I tell you, it, it's always interesting on here, and you hear the stories of the different parts of the country and how they're affected. I, you know, for us, the wind itself wasn't a problem. I was really just thinking, oh my goodness, that would be awful because I understand 
you know, we all understand in farming anymore. Wind is one of the most obnoxious things uh, out there, and it, and it and people don't think about that. But in agriculture, wind affects everything. And so, no, I hadn't really heard that. Um, uh, so yeah. I, I was just interested to hear it and yeah. think, oh my goodness, I'm glad that wasn't the way it was here. Um, so we had a dry yeah. June here, and um, but we didn't have a we had a pretty good year the rest of the year weather wise. Right, right, Jim. You know, I was off. Couple, was it last week or the week before? Whatever it was, the time kind of melds together this time of the year. Um, but I was thinking about that when I was off, and I was out deer hunting, and uh, I, I was walking back out of uh, out of one of my stands, and the wind was blowing so hard, I had the bandana over my face and everything, and I realized that it was a year ago that I was in basically the exact same conditions and that these winds have been with us for at least a year. And and I had that whole thought process. It's got, you know what, I'll have to ask the guys at BAMWX, but it's got to indicate that we're going through some sort of a, a, a cycle change. I'm not going to call it climate change based on wind, uh, but I am going to say that that the patterns are changing. Maybe this is part of the transition away from a La Nina to an Enso neutral that we were just talking about with Brett and Matt. Uh, but here we are. We we are dealing with another windy period in here. There's no question about it. Just Let's just hope that it's gone before spring or, you know, a, a breeze every now and then isn't too bad, but let's hope it's gone before spring. <laughs> yeah, and, and that's a good comment, too, because <clears> – <throat> Obviously, in the spring of the year, when you have wetter conditions, you need sun and wind to get things dried out. And so yeah. uh, at that time, then that's, that's what you want. But, you know, uh, in 2021, we had a, a brown Thanksgiving and a brown Christmas. and yeah. uh, But we still had <laughs> a lot of winds at that particular time. Uh, that isn't the case this year, obviously. We, we've got our, yeah. our fair share of snow, not near as much as south and west and north of here. But nevertheless... Uh, <clears throat> Uh, it, we're, we're obviously having a, a white Thanksgiving and Christmas, but we're, we're right. still having the wind. So, yeah, yeah. Uh, it, something is, is not quite normal. Yep. Jim, how's the cow herd doing out there? And, and like you said, I know that it's you're there in southeast South Dakota, and it may not be as bad there as what it is in other areas of your state, but how, how is the cow herd doing? You know, they're, they're, they're doing fine. We're, you know, obviously we got them up at the yard here, got, got them in by the wind breaks and, and, uh, keeping them bedded down is, is real important. So, uh, we went through last week real well. Uh, obviously we were fortunate enough yet. Uh, we've got to pay and silage and, and put up enough for corn stalk bales. So uh, yeah. we're in pretty good shape from that perspective. Uh, obviously, uh, you know, um, we, we don't know how long this is going to hang on. And and uh, I know that with the price of hay and that type of thing, uh, we have to be real careful about, uh, you know, how yep. much we are uh, giving them each day. We got to really watch our, our uh, balanced nutrition that we're giving them. So, uh, yeah, I think uh, I, I think they've done well. Uh, you know, Good. I don't know. I, I, I kind of saw some of this weather coming. I, I don't know if it was the right thing to do or not, but. But uh, I, I got rid of some. My, I got rid of my feeder calves in December this year, and oh. I know um, I, I can't complain. But the price I got, uh, I, I, again, I 
I, I think probably they could spike a little higher after the first of the year, but you know, uh, you, you can't feed these animals for nothing either in these terrible right. cold conditions. Yeah. Yeah. And, and the, the risk of death loss, I mean, you got rid of that too, because it happens, it, it happens in this kind of yep. weather. So yeah, very good. Very good. You know what? It, speaking of the wind that you were talking about, I followed along on a conversation, a Twitter conversation last, uh, no, it was earlier this week. Uh, they were talking about portable windbreaks and, and what the best portable windbreaks are to use for to give the cattle some protection out there. And, and uh, so, yeah, other people are dealing with the same thing. Okay, that's a look back at 2022. Let's look forward to 2023. What's the opportunities? What opportunities are out there for you guys and which ones are you going to grab? We'll do that next on the Farmer Forum here on Agritalk. From powering irrigation engines to warming buildings, propane has always been a part of American farm life. Now, you can be a part of propane's future and save money at the same time. The Propane Farm Incentive Program is a research initiative that provides farmers up to $5,000 towards the purchase of new propane-powered equipment. In exchange, participants share performance data to make tomorrow's ag operations more cost-effective, more efficient, and more environmentally friendly with propane. Getting started is simple. Visit propane.com slash farm incentive to see if you're eligible. To produce higher yields and greater value at harvest, timing is everything. Full Scale from Helena helps soybeans reach their full potential with breakthrough foliar nutrition and reproduction. Full Scale delivers beneficial plant extracts and micronutrients with the added efficiency of ENC formulation technology. It gives your soybeans every opportunity to grow strong returns this season. Contact your local ag retailer or Helena representative to learn more about Full Scale. Always read and follow label instructions and check registration status before use. The truth is hard to come by these days, unless you listen to Agritalk. Welcome back to Agritalk. I'm Chip Flory. Glad that you're with us on this Wednesday morning. Davis Michelson is here as well. But yes, let's get back to the Farmer Forum. Don Lamb from Indiana. Jim Jibben from South Dakota. We just talked about uh, some of the look backs at 2022, what held the guys' attention in, in the year behind us. Now let's look at the year in front of us, guys. Don, when you think about 2023, some of the opportunities uh, that are out there, uh, what's got you excited? Well, I, I'm excited after listening to Jim that I don't have cattle to take care of. <laughs> and so that's got me excited. And um, I, uh, uh, I do really appreciate livestock farmers. My yeah. you know, as a grain farmer, there's times of the year we're just thankful we don't have to go through what they go through sometimes. But um, but no, as far as next year, uh, you know, Central Indiana grain farm, um, you know, commodity prices are still high, um, and uh, and so that's that's good. So there's definitely going to be an opportunity for profit, but we got to be able to somehow capture those prices and then not pay too much on the input side. And it's just it feels like this is one of those seesaw balancing act years that you're just going to figure out when to pull the trigger on whether when you're selling things and when you're buying things and try to do it with a margin in between and you don't want to get caught in that um in that time where they they cross paths the other direction and so that's the that's the challenge that's as i look forward i think man next year could be a good year as long as we're really on top of marketing and really on top of purchasing um but we've got to do that well yep you know it's kind of strange that 
that maybe your biggest opportunity is also your biggest challenge for the year ahead. The markets are a heck of an mm-hmm. opportunity, but making the right call at the right time might be the biggest challenge. Right. And and it's a little bit what I said before as far as just being a part of a big system. So many variables that affect everything. And then there's the unknowns that could happen at any time, such as a war breaking out or, or somebody doing something. So so many variables, and, and you're part of this big industry that, that – uh, that we're not necessarily the best at, at always being able to forecast. So um, it's a, it's a challenge, but, but honestly, it's, it's also just a really, you know, it's exciting. It's a good, I love looking forward to a new year. I like putting the past year behind us and start dreaming about the new year. So this is always a fun time to do that. Yep. Yep. I'm with you on that. 100%. What about you, Jim, as you look at the year ahead, what is the challenge that needs to be overcome opportunities that we need to grab? Well, I think uh, from my standpoint, uh, I'm optimistic about the the cattle industry as a cow-calf producer. You know, we've had liquidation of quite a few cows over the last four years, and, uh, you know, our numbers are somewhat down. And, uh, you know, when you you look at that, I I think we're looking at a pretty good fat cattle market and feeder cattle market going into 2023. And uh, the question will be, again, you know, uh, is this, Time to take advantage and and continue uh, to liquidate. Let somebody else do this uh, in in the winter time, or is this maybe a time for expansion? Uh, so uh, I look at that part of it and feel real good about it. And yeah, the the prices of uh, grain are are, are good. Uh, that's that's optimistic. I know my my input costs that I had last fall. Uh, <clears throat> obviously, those fertilizer costs were much higher than the year before, but. Nevertheless, yeah. uh, the, the, the grains are, are, are still very positive. And when you look at uh, uh, the soybean industry and, and the expansion of, 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 uh, of uh, <clears throat> renewable diesel and some of the things that the yeah. soybean industry is involved yeah. with, uh, that's, that's pretty positive. And, uh, you know, a year ago we were trying to think, you know, really uh, input costs versus corn versus soybeans. And a lot of people were saying, you know, I'm going to, plant more soybeans and and yet i think uh when i look at uh, my corn numbers i got and so on and so forth we we really were were pleasantly surprised it was it was kind of a weird year because our later planted things were much better than our earlier yeah. planted things so those are some of the things i'm optimistic about in 23 love it love it you know what i love that you guys didn't mention Don, I love the fact that neither one of you said, well, hey, we got this farm bill coming up in 2023. We're going to have to really take advantage of that and so on. Are you talking about real-world issues when you're talking about what you're looking forward to in the in the year ahead? Oh, yeah. No, I love it. And if, you, if you're not thinking about, about the farm bill, then, then yeah, that's a, that's a good sign. And, and, you know, when I think about things, other things to look forward to, I mean, why do we do what we do? We do it for people. It's always about people and whether it's your family or employees and, and this and that. And so it's fun to think about, um, you know, just the sweet spot for different people in your operation to be and, and, and where they're at and how to manage, how to manage that for a new yeah. year. And uh, yeah. not, nothing really matters too much if you're not, if you're, you know, why are we doing what we do if it isn't for the people involved in the operation? Oh, I love that. Love that, man. Yep. Well, the old cliche too is, uh, you know, if it was easy, everybody would do it. And, uh, <laughs> you know, I, I, I admire the fact of us that still are out there doing it because, uh, we do it for, for, for the love of farming, but the lifestyle and also, uh, uh, <clears throat> the herdsmanship with our livestock and so forth. Yeah. 
Yep. Jim, so based uh, on the comment that you made about on on the cattle side of things, do you think heifers are going to be worth more to a cow-calf guy or to the feed yard in the year ahead? Well, <clears throat> that is a tough question. Uh, <laughs> uh, obviously, I kept some replacement heifers back, and, and uh, you know, whether that's <clears throat> economically the right thing, <clears throat> I'm not sure. Uh, you know, right now, uh, I, I know that there is a uh, high demand for feeders, and uh, the, yeah. the, the heifer price obviously is never as good as the steer price. But, but nonetheless, um, I, I think you got to balance it because uh, I, I think that uh, it could go either way, depending yeah. on the weather. Yep, there it is. There it is. That heifer market. <laughs> is going to be as much of a weather market in 2023 as as corn and soybeans will be. I I don't think there's any question. How's the popcorn business, Don? Uh, popcorn's good. Yep, popcorn's good. It's it's a fun crop to grow, and and uh, the market for popcorn's good. So so yep, everything's positive in the popcorn world. Yep, yep. I love to hear that. It's uh, it's always good to get an update from that side of things. You guys, thank you so much for what you do. Uh, really appreciate it stay warm out there jim taking care of those cattle and happy new year to you both really appreciate you happy new year to you we appreciate you too thanks for all you do all right yeah all right good stuff thank you jim that's don lamb from indiana jim jibbin from south dakota thank you so much for listening this morning you got to come back this afternoon conversation with angie setzer got us a grain from consus And tomorrow morning, Ken Erickson, S&P Global Insights, right here on Agritalk.